Because no two investors are the same, one size doesn't fit all. There's more to it. At S&P Dow Jones Indices, we offer index strategies for all types of investments. Comprehensive ESG solutions, core retirement strategies, multi-asset diversification, and new ways of thinking about risk management and income. They're all in one place. Express your investment views and give yourself the freedom to go anywhere with S&P Dow Jones Indices. Search Indexology on the web or hashtag Indexology on Twitter and LinkedIn. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. Let's be one of my friends. Just trying to make a little money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC and be nice. Tweet me at Jim Kramer. The market. The market is a child. It's childless in its tempestuous demands, its lack of discipline, its disproportionate sense of euphoria, and in disappointment. And the child is creating monster swings of major large capitalization stocks, the likes of which I have never, ever seen before, ever. Just look at what happened today. The Kramer COVID-19 index roared on the news that the big AstraZeneca vaccine, what, their trial? It didn't prove something that will save us immediately. The news was genuinely actually good. Yet AstraZeneca stock got hammered and the stocks that benefit from the pandemic surged. Ultimately, the Dow advanced just nine points. S&P gained 0.84%. But the tech-heavy NASDAQ filled with Kramer COVID names. Poll vaulted 2.51%. Amazon went up 234 points. Uh, Tesla's up 142. <laughs> Shopify, 81%. Yeah, I didn't make up those. That's real. That's real money. Or you can be in the next one. Definitely childish buying behavior, right? But that doesn't mean it's wrong. There's a lot of money that's put to work every day based on coronavirus inputs, and that's made the action incredibly binary. I mean, we didn't social distance enough in the country. Not enough of us wear masks, and the vaccines take so long. So go buy the ultimate stay-at-home stock. Go buy Amazon like everybody else. Okay, so what really did happen today? Let me walk you through. Consider the news about the AstraZeneca vaccine. We got an analysis of the phase one trial results in a very prestigious medical journal called The Lancet. Phase one is safety. That's what they do it for, and the vaccine's safe. It also created a positive immune response, meriting further study for less healthy test subjects. These larger trials are happening right now. All that's good news. That's something we would normally be pretty happy about. Yet somehow it was viewed as negative. So what happened? I think people who bought the recovery stocks all last week and sold the Nasdaq were expecting much more rapid progress. So they threw a temper tantrum, dumping the cruise lines, dumping the airlines, dumping the hotels and dumping the shopping malls then swapping into the tech stocks that profit from the pandemic. I want to stress that none of this is political. It's not about Trump. It's not about the governor. It's not about Dr. Fauci. He's throwing out the first ball. How about that? I bet you he even has a good arm. He was a point guard for a high school at Regis. We don't care who dropped the ball. At this point, the virus is out of control. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. I don't care who you want to blame. What matters is that it's real. And with these sky-high case rates, it's going to start hitting people you know if it hasn't already. About one in five people get this thing, you need to go to the hospital. And these severe COVID cases cannot be minimized. This is not a cold. It is not the flu. It's very serious, even if it doesn't kill you. And at least for now, the virus is winning in this country. Losing a lot of other places. Winning here. 
Given the scale of the new outbreak, we need to make a lot more tests and we need much better infrastructure for contact tracing. That's the only way things go safely back to normal until we get a vaccine. Unfortunately, America doesn't seem to have the political will to make this happen. Again, I don't care about the blame. Maybe it's our leaders. Maybe it's our culture where a lot of people seem to think that live free or die means give me convenience or give me death. From our perspective as investors, what matters is that unlike nearly every other country in Europe and Asia, we probably can't go back to normal without a vaccine. That's the reality. And unfortunately, you can't force a vaccine. We're going to inject hundreds of millions of people, if not billions of people with this thing. So we've got to get it right. Get it right takes a little time. And some investors don't seem to understand that. We're not going to get a study that says... While we were checking this vaccine for safety, you know what? Boom! It turned out to be so effective that we can immediately distribute it to 7 billion people. That's a childlike fantasy. In other words, it's not that the AstraZeneca results were disappointing. It's that too many buyers needed a reality check. Once they realized there was no miracle cure, the COVID-19 stocks came back with a vengeance. First, the tech ETF soared. That means FAANG, my acronym for Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Facebook keeps losing major advertisers. It's looking like nothing they do will satisfy the critics. But, you know, it doesn't matter. As legendary Internet pioneer Gary Vaynerchuk said in our town hall last week, Instagram is the single greatest ad bargain on earth for small, medium-sized businesses. So the stock keeps climbing. Who cares about Disney? Meanwhile, Alphabet and Amazon got major price target boosts from Goldman Sachs. I mean, 3000 to 3800 for Amazon. Whoa! Sent the stocks into the stratosphere. It's amazing how much impact these price targets have these days. It never used to. I haven't seen anything like it in ages, especially for big cat. No, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, confidence is crazy high for these big tech companies. Microsoft reports on Wednesday. Normally, some people would be a little circumspect, but circumspect is out of style now. That's how the stock rallied 4% ahead of the quarter. Hey, why not? IBM reported a good number after the close. Top and bottom line beats up similar amounts. Software are good. I'm hearing a lot of people warn that this action is just like 1999, meaning we're headed for a crash of epic proportions. I'm actually not so sure. My view is that money has to go somewhere. Last week, it went to the normalcy stocks, the ones that benefit from an instant vaccine. Today, it rotated back into the pandemic stocks, which includes big tech. Plus, there's a lot of new investors who are coming in, and they're buying at least good quality companies, not the junk that we saw in 1999. Now, it also includes the stay-at-home names, the Cloud Kings, uh, Zoom Video, Coupa, Ring Central, How Can I Help You, Fortinet, Palo Alto Networks, and so many others that, that enable you to work remotely without being hacked. They're almost old hat now, totally up 24 Oh, sorry. Remember, we have developed truly a roulette market. You can bet on black, which is instant vaccine, the equivalent of pass and go and collecting $200 because you bypass that stodgy old medicine FDA. Or you can bet on red, which is the shutdown non-economy. Both have variants. You can bet black, instant vaccine, or you can put money on specific numbers like the airlines, all of which got hit today thanks to soft numbers, or on cruise ships because they're truly double or nothing. Or Simon Properties, the day traders dream, because it stands for brick-and-mortar shopping. Or you can hedge and maybe put some money on Shopify, Tesla, Lululemon, and Amazon, while keeping an ETF bet on stocks that do well if the economy reopens. If you believe we're headed back into a, a lockdown, but the government will give us another round of stimulus, well, then you buy Walmart, Dollar General, Dollar Tree, Target. Lockdown winners that benefit when Washington prevents people from going broke and, of course, gives you the pay- payroll tax cut. Oh, yeah. Now, if you think this is all fanciful, uh, what I need you to do is do what I do. Get up at 3.30 a.m. and watch the crawl beneath the screen. I'm not going to get on the floor today because it's brand new suit. You'll see voracious buying of the recovery stocks as well as a smattering of buying in the tech stocks like Zoom that roar on anything short of perfect vaccine news, uh, something we're never going to get. The bottom line, 
Remember that the Kramer COVID-19 index, ones that do better with COVID, represents close to half of the S&P. But more importantly, when you lump in the financials and healthcare, now you're talking about which don't go down on this. You, you, you're talking about 70 percent of the market. They do the benefits from the pandemic or works either way. Well, the beneficiaries of the pandemic, they're the winners because the pandemic is also winning. Let's go to Oz in Texas. Oz. Booyah, Dr. Till. Booyah. Fan, Professor Kramer. Thank you. Huge What's fan. up? Uh, you're a great educator. I'm a 28-year-old investor. Um, calling on a similar premise to your COVID-19 gold rush analogy from last week. Um, my example is for cannabis. Um, this is an organic garden hydroponic and cannabis supplier. Um, they've grown the revenue 152% year over year and turned a profitable Q1 quarter. Same store sales are up 40%, and they just joined the Russell 3000 a couple of weeks ago. They've been deemed an essential business and have stayed open through the pandemic, uh, and have also boosted their Q2 and yearly financial guidance. Okay. The company is Grow Generation, ticker GRWG. Um, it's at 750 right now. Well, I got to um, tell you, I was thinking about that you were going to say Afria, which I think, you know, which is Erwin Simons. Uh, you're sounding interesting. Look, I am not against. People buying a, a pot stock. I call it pot. I don't know. I'm old fashioned. I don't know what it is, but I call it pot. Hey, bye. Do you guys see how I got the nasty bottle? Speaking of being cool. <laughs> All right. How about Brian in Wisconsin, please? Brian. Hi, Jim. Happy Booyah from Greenfield, Wisconsin. Uh, my question today is in regards to IGT and its sector. I, I added to my holdings back in March and April on it and was wondering what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, look, I, like, I, I'd rather be DraftKings going into, you know, it looks like we're going to have an NFL season if you stay tuned. You know, we're going to have an NFL season. So, I mean, I'd rather be like in DraftKings, okay? Let's go to Alex in California. Alex. Hey, big booyah to you, Jim. Booyah back. Hey, a quick shout-out to my store pack team. Jim, my question is, Micron and TSM have already reported and have said that their data center growth was strong, and they expect right. it to continue in right. the second half of this year. With Intel being extremely cheap, around a 12 PE, what are your thoughts? That I think Intel will do fine, but you know, I'm an advanced micro guy because I think Lisa Sue, the CEO, is taking share from Intel. And advanced micro, I bought this for my Chapel Trust. We talked about it last week at a really good club ball. If you go to actionalertsplus.com, a lot of people go in, and AMD is the better of the two. All right, the Kramer COVID 19 index, along with financials and healthcare. Well, you know what? You take the last two that are hurting, and the first really helping. Oh, man, tonight, the COVID-19 vaccine news making headlines today. I'm eyeing a speculative biotech hoping to make waves in the race for a cure. Don't miss much time with Sorrento Therapeutics. It's not just an Italian city. Then, as COVID cases continue to rise, I'll tell you why an investment in the great outdoors could make sense here. And pro sports are back, and I've got an exclusive with a company that's working to keep the players safe. And it's announcing some very big news tonight. Don't miss my exclusive with Bioreference Labs. One, I'll give you a hint. The Ski Daddies. Stable Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com. Or give us a call. At 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. 
Tomorrow, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Live from Post 9 at the NYSE. The president wants everything, right? I mean, the president wants you to be able to eat with a mask on and he's got a hole in it with the mouth, I guess. I don't know. But I do know. I do know that there are other stocks besides things having to do with vaccines and, and COVID. And why not own a couple? They're really good. It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. I want people to feel like they just learned something. We have journalists in the far corners of the universe. I can't wait to get all of those resources under one hour-long newscast where we can deliver the facts of the day clearly and concisely in context and with perspective and tell people what's happening, what it all means. Get the truth, not the spin. The News with Shepard Smith. Subscribe to the podcast today. There's a right way and a wrong way to speculate on the smaller cap COVID biotechs. You might want something with multiple shots on goal. Something like Sorrento Therapeutics, which soared 20% today after the FDA cleared their COVID-19 treatment for phase two clinical trials. Now, I told you by Sorrento after you spoke to the company in early June because they're coming up at the pandemic from multiple angles. This is a company that uses antibody-based technology to develop treatments for pain, autoimmune conditions, certain types of cancer, and now COVID-19. Specifically, they're working on diagnostic testing, vaccines, and treatment for this thing. That's what I meant by multiple shots on goal. No wonder the stock's up more than 75% since our last interview six weeks ago. By the way, if you got a 70%, 75% gain here, I mean, please, don't be too greedy, because nobody ever went broke taking a profit. Still... I recommend keeping some chips on the table because this company's on a winning streak. But do not take it from me. Let's dig deeper with Dr. Henry G. He's the chairman and president and CEO of Sorrento Therapeutics to catch up on the new developments and get a better sense of today's incredible move. Dr. G, welcome back to Mad Money. Hey, booyah, Jim, yeah, from San Diego again. Thank you. Please tell us, this is very exciting news that you just got about testing an anti-inflammatory drug in a, for a part of COVID-19 treatment that has gone awry at times. Maybe you could put this in perspective for us. Yes, uh, you know, as a COVID-19, when you have the virus, you have a different stage manifestation of the diseases. That including the early stage, you have virus, you asymptomatic, and then you got the cough and you got the runny nose, all, all the symptom comes in. The one of the biggest issues is you get into uh, ICU and uh, get on a ventilator because you have a cytokine storm, the, the virus-causing cytokine release syndrome. So one of the biggest things you need to do is control your cytokine storm. So this product, if they just got us into a uh, 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 safe to proceed, is a product that have a, a broad-spectrum anti-cytokine release syndrome. So they, against the different cytokines causing the cytokine storm, that including the IL-6, the uh, TNF-alpha, and all the other stuff. And this drug's already in human, treating uh, non-small cell lung cancer and uh, uh, B-cell lymphoma. And with 600 patients being treated, it's very safe oral pill, so imagine you get into hospital and you have the cytokine storm kicks in. You take a one pill or two a day and you uh, get the broad spectrum anti-cytokine release syndromes, which right. will help you to remove the uh, cytokine storms. Well, Dr. B, you're, I think you're being too humble about this. The cytokine stro- uh, storm is what killed many people in New York. 
Uh, so maybe, I think that's right? the uh, problem. And people just didn't know what to do and they didn't feel like they had anything. In the meantime, you have something that already is being used. So it's not like you have to worry about the uh, phase one safety. Yes, we have treated about a 600 patient plus, and it's, a, it's oral pill. It's long-term use with, for the cancer patient. So we're pretty comfortable with the safety profile. And this uh, trials, if they allow us to go forward, is to test the safety and potentially look at the efficacy very shortly. All right. Now, you do have some other drugs involving COVID. They were, last time we spoke, they were in preclinical trials. Anything advanced there? Yes, uh, we have a neutralizing antibody. We're extremely happy with our neutralizing antibody, and we're progressing. We're making the CGMP products right now. So we are very comfortable potentially get the uh, IND filed in the next uh, couple of weeks. That means end of uh, July or beginning of August, and waiting for FDA give us uh, go ahead. We can get into human. Well, sir, are you ever concerned? I mean, there's some companies, I mean, Eli Lilly, uh, uh, Pfizer, uh, J&J, Regeneron, they seem to be ahead of you, and they're very big companies. How do you know that it's worth pursuing all these different lines against uh, uh, COVID-19 when there's so many big drug companies in there against tiny Sorrento? Uh, You know, some of the big drugs all come from a small company, as you know. And that's why a lot of big companies are buying the small company when they have uh, drugs advanced. We believe we have the infrastructure. We have built through over 10 years all the expertise in the neutralizing antibody space, in the uh, uh, anti-cancer side. Now it gets into COVID-19. We apply all the infrastructure expertise into this, and we're very comfortable with our position we can have the team, which we have about a 500 people, a team. We're going to be able to aggressively pursue different uh, uh, tools and different uh, treatment and for this, uh, to combat the COVID-19. Okay, so I know that you've also, when you were on, you talked about the notion of a cocktail. Would you be part of a cocktail along with other drug companies? Is that how it might work? So as this moment right now, we have the single antibody called ST1499. 1499 itself do the works very effectively as we see in it. And we're very comfortable with going single uh, uh, modality right now with single antibody. However, we welcome the opportunity to combine antibody into a cocktail with anybody's antibody. Meanwhile, we're discovering more compounds from our antibody library, as well as uh, B cells from recovered patient. You will see uh, we have some uh, more compounds come together, can be a cocktail. All right, one last question. Uh, as between the therapeutic and also a vaccine, what is your hopeful time frame that things can happen? So we believe that neutralizing antibody can be in human very shortly. And if everything goes well with the uh, safety and efficacy data, the potential can be approved before the end of the year. Now, the vaccine, we are actually uh, looking at the very innovative way to do it. And we're using the uh, therapeutic antibody uh, platform infrastructure we have and uh, produce an antibody-like with the antibody uh, FC, the antibody-like, mm-hmm. that is with the viral antigen on it, that will be able to give you 
50 million to 100 million doses was one month, within a month, wow. with our existing, uh, you know, uh, production uh, facility. Well, terrific. So I've got to tell you, it's very encouraging since the time we saw each other last. Many different things working. Dr. Henry G., Chairman, President, CEO of Sorrento, S-R-N-E. Booyah, sir. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Many different opportunities, and we got to hope, right? we got to stay positive. That money's back there. June, even before the COVID resurgence, I told you we were looking at an incredible bull market in the great outdoors. People want to go on vacation in the summer, but social distancing makes normal vacations borderline impossible. We have a lot of free time on our hands. But if you want, I was throwing around the football this weekend. I mean, what else, right? I was trying to get the dog to catch the frisbee. But if you want to enjoy it outdoors, you need to avoid crowds. So you got to think in camping, boating. Remember, I got that uh, 17-footer, my Boston Whaler, riding an RV around the country. Not yet. That's why I recommended Thor Industries in Winnebago, up 25% and 7% respectively since I got behind them. LCI Industries, which makes RV parts. That's up 19%. That's why I told you to buy Camping World, up an incredible 50%. Yes, Marcus Lemonis. I also like Polaris for all-terrain vehicles, ATVs, and Brunswick for boats. The former's actually down a bit. That concerns me. Ladder's only up 4% since we spoke to the CEO at the end of June. Brunswick's a buy. Again, all this was before the outbreak in the Sun Belt. This led to some catastrophic new case numbers. Some of the best beaches in America are now COVID hotspots. Remember, they were always, uh, us, us at North, we were looking at these people having a great time at the beach and thinking, wow, man, they must be like kryptonite or something, you know? No, everybody's human and the disease is national. Even if you think we'll get a vaccine sooner than expected, there's no way we'll have one by the end of the summer. Probably not by the end of the fall either. And that's why tonight I want to give you some more ways to play the great outdoors trade. Because even though most of these stocks are coming up big moves, I think they still got a lot more room to run. And as long as social distancing remains the order of the day, remember, social distancing and mass are the only things we have. Yes, pathetic. It's all we have. Let's start with Pool Corp, America's leading wholesale purveyor of pool parts, supplies, and maintenance equipment. This one's a double whammy. First, Pool Corp's. That's an obvious COVID beneficiary. I mean, you really want to take a chance at a public swimming pool in this environment? Millions of Americans are stuck at home. And if you got the space, there's never been a better time to get your own pool. Second, even though, yes, and I'm conscious, it, it takes costs a lot of money. It's, that's not the point of the piece, though. Second, even though the economy's in rough shape, we've got ultra-low interest rates, and that spurred a boom in home building. You better believe some of those new houses will have swimming pools. We know Pool Corp's doing well because they gave us a very bullish business update at the end of May with the big demand for maintenance supplies and pool construction components. My own concern here, stocks already had a massive rise. It's up 40% for the year. And it just broke through $300, making another new all-time high today. And that's an issue because Pool Corp reports this Thursday. Well, I do expect a very good quarter. The expectations have gotten high. Don't already own it. I'm put a small position on it, okay? Hopefully it pulls back before the earnings because of some exogenous event and buy more. Next up, one of my absolute favorites is Tractor Supply, TSO. You might not know these guys if you live in the city, but this is the premier farm and ranch retailer that's especially essential for gardeners like I am. And I say that I am a part-time gentleman farmer. Right now, gardeners are thriving because it's yet another COVID-safe hobby. Lately, Tractor Supply has become one of the best stories in retail. Like Pool Corp, it's got a big boost from a very uh, positive business update at the end of May, though Tractor Supply's update was a lot more specific and a lot more bullish. 
Action told us they'd earned 245 to 265 per share in the second quarter. And it's only looking for a buck 77. That is huge. Remember when that thing was wallowing around 60? 60, 70. Also, uh, like Pool Corp, these guys report on Thursday morning. Stocks had a monster run, surging from 111 to nearly 145 in the next couple of months. Analysts keep raising the price targets. We got two more boosts this morning from Stevens and Baird, my view. Trying to game this quarter's a mugs game. The stock's running up too much, but I think this company has a fabulous long-term record. If the stock dips, you need to pounce. The company's been making some major digital investments lately. They just relaunched their website. I think give you the next leg higher, even after the pandemic goes away. It's a buy. Hey, by the way, for now, you, you, look, you can put a small position on it again. I am concerned. I want you to top tick the darn thing. By the way, they also have vets in the store, and that is great for animal lovers. Third, let's not forget yet another one of my favorites, Yeti Holdings. The company makes all sorts of high-performance outdoor gear, especially coolers. I've got one. Anything you can use to drink, tumblers, bottles, mugs, everything you need for socially distanced tailgate party. I use the Yeti uh, mug on the boat. It's fantastic if you go out in real cold weather. Now, I've been recommending Yeti since November 2018. For a month, it came public. Back when the stock was at 17, it changed. Before the pandemic, it had surged to the high 30s. Then it plunged to the 15s in mid-March. Uh, people hated me then. That's okay. I'm Jimmy Chill. And then it made a stunning comeback. Now, Yeti's a $45 stock, having just set a new all-time high earlier today. This thing is the picture of resilience, just like its devices. Back in May, Yeti pulled its full-year forecast and executed not not one but two equity offering for its pre-IPO shareholders. Hated that. Hey, stock didn't skip a beat, though. At this point, their private equity sponsor has sold almost its whole position, which removes a major overhang. I think Yeti is perfect. Perfect fit for the great outdoor thesis, although when you consider that the stock's nearly tripled from its March lows, big short position, all right, maybe buy some. And again, wait for a pullback. Remember, I'm blessing buying some. Oh, and if you bought Yeti on my recommendation when it was in the teens or 20s, you know, bulls make money, bears make money, hogs get slaughtered, sell apart. No one ever got hurt taking a profit. I always say that. Uh, longer term, this thing's terrific. It reports on August 8th. Uh, if it comes down, it probably will. Think about it. Finally, I got a new one. Newell Brands. Now, you're probably thinking these guys as the old new Rubbermaid, but a, a few years ago, the company merged with Jordan, picking up some major outdoor brands. Think Coleman for lanterns. I like the Coleman stuff. Stoves, tents, sleeping bags. I mean, hey, Bubba and Contigo for, I said it, I asked my wife to have a Bubba. She didn't know what I was talking about. For outdoor drinkware. Uh, camping AZ for barbecues. Sterns for uh, flotation devices, rainwear, and uh, hunting and fishing equipment. Not to mention Marmot for uh, outdoor apparel. And, of course, they've got a ton of appliances, household products, especially for cooking. Bizarrely, Newell's been trading like a company with a lot of economic sensitivity. Stock tumbled from 20 in late February to 10 in March, and it's never fully recovered. Only rebounding the mid-teens when it looked like the economy was making a major comeback. Some of that's because they make office and school supplies. Think Sharpie, Papermate, and Elmer's glue. Uh, plus, when Newell reported in May, they told us that April was very weak and the second quarter would be very challenging. Hey, they de-risked it. However, Newell reports again in 10 days, and I'm betting the numbers will be better than feared. I think the weakness from the office and school-related business is already baked in. Wall Street's ignoring the potential strength of the company's outdoor brands. Oh, it doesn't hurt. Newell did a $500 million bond offering a couple months ago, meaning the cash situation should be fine. Now, if the company can simply meet the numbers and maintain its cash dividend, which currently yields 5.75%, stock will be too enticing to ignore. So I'm giving you my blessing to buy some of this, too. I love this theory, guys. I love the outdoors theory. Bottom line, because there's nothing else to do, right? Bottom line, in the summer of COVID, it's hard to go wrong with the great outdoor stocks because people are desperate for a safe way to do anything, anything. And that's why I like Pool Corp, Tractor Supply, Yeti, 
maybe a weakness, and I'm willing to take a chance with the lagging and some people think terrible Newell Brands. But I said take a chance with IBM, and I was right there. John in New York, John. Hey, Jimbo, I got my COVID breakout stock for you. Callaway stock. I was in the PGA store over the other week, and it was four to six weeks wait on a set of clubs. Big high demand. What do you think? I like your style, John, in New York. I think you're very, very right, and that one is going higher. I need to go to Andy in New Jersey, please. Andy. Hey, Jim. How are you? Booyah to you. Booyah back at you. Well, thanks. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller, calling from Phoenix, South Jersey. Feel free to come down here and fish anytime. Oh, that's Um, nice. That's (laughs) nice. I'm Central Jersey. Go ahead. Very good. All right. Just uh, calling to uh, wonder about uh, restoration hardware. Uh, I bought some stock several years back for my IRA account. Right. Uh, after my shore house got hit by Hurricane Sandy, and I was impressed by their furniture. Uh, so RH has been really volatile uh, to watch over the years. I'm usually a buy and hold kind of guy. Uh, it's lately gone up like a rocket, but it's also dropped. <laughs> Oh, but Andy, it's going up like a rocket because it's really great. You know, every time I buy, no, I don't buy Jack. Every time my wife buys something, I send a picture to Gary Freeman because she is an RH person. And the reason why I know the quarter is going to be good is because I see the bills. Two funny men lie. Because I am a legendary Wall Street funny man. Uh, it's just a great company. And Gary Freeman's the best. And I just think the long-term goal is so right. I am a buyer of Gary Friedman, a buyer of RH. You stick with it. Let's go to Edward in Texas. Edward! Booyah, Jim. How are you? Booyah, Edward. I am doing fine. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for taking my call today. Uh, I'm calling in about uh, Lumber Liquidator, LL. Um, I purchased the the stock uh, back in uh, 2018. Oh, no, 2015. All right. When the, uh, after the formaldehyde controversy right. with the company. And since then, the stock has basically hovered between $10 to $20. Um, it's gone up, gone down a little bit. But then it fell recently to under 5 uh, with the recent COVID fear. Right. And now it has rebounded back to 18 Well, here's what I have to say uh, about that. <laughs> Every dog has its day. Okay, but you know what? I'm a quality guy. This stock just jump, obviously, looking like it's going to like 22, 23. But how about the Despot, Home Depot? How about Lowe's? What Marvin Ellison's doing there? Those are lifetime stocks. You buy some Lowe's. You keep going to the stores. They look good. The website's improving. I know it's a lot more dollar amount, but it's a lot better. We need quality. All right. It is the summer of the great outdoors like I've never seen. I like pool. I like tractor supply. I like Yeti. And maybe even, yes, indeed, new brands. Much more mad money at Pro sports are back, and the COVID testing is top-notch. But what does it mean for testing nationwide? I'm going to sit down with the guy who runs the best testing company, bar none, the bioreference laboratories owned by Opco. See what's going on. Then, are we finally seeing some differentiation in the bank stocks? I'm giving my take on the sector. And all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. We need to resist the urge to be defeatist about this pandemic. I know that's very difficult right now. With COVID-19 cutting a swath through the Sun Belt, a lot of people just want to give up. 
I'm hopeful that more people are wearing masks, which is the most effective way to uh, stop the spread. But we need to demand more of our leaders. We should be pulling out all the stops in order to contain this thing. That means testing, testing and testing. We're now testing more than 700,000 people a day on average. Last Friday, it was over 850,000. And despite what you might hear from the White House, that's a good thing. One reason we have all these new hotspots is that many states reopened before they had the infrastructure in place for testing and contact tracing, which is how you keep this thing contained. So I want to check back in with the company that we last spoke to in April, near the peak of the outbreak in New York, Bioreference Laboratories. This is a division of Opco Health that's the largest full-service specialty laboratory in America. They ran the first drive-through testing locations in New York suburbs, and since then they've expanded all over the country. In fact, Bioreference Labs has now performed over 1 million PCR tests with a turnaround time of less than six hours once the sample reaches its facilities. They can do 50,000 of these a day, along with 400,000 antibody tests. They're also the private test provider for both the NBA and Major League Soccer, both of which plan to play modified seasons at Disney's Worldwide of Sports Complex in Orlando. They know better than anyone what needs to happen for sports to come back safely. So let's check in with Dr. John Cohen. He's the executive chairman of Bioreference Labs. Get a better sense of how his company's helping us cope with the pandemic and what our country needs to do to contain it. Dr. Cohen, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks very much. Great to talk to you, Jim. All right. Now, I know you're working 24-7, and I want to try to figure out what the bottleneck is for the other guys that you don't seem to be experiencing, because we have these labs that turn around in five to seven days, and I don't think that's bioreferences style. Well, Jim, we, uh, our turnaround time now is essentially 72 hours. Uh, we've been keeping it under 24 hours for in-hospital patients, ICU patients, healthcare workers, and of course, uh, first responders. We did that at the beginning of March 13th, and we continue to do that. Uh, We had a bump in our turnaround time, quite honestly, about four or six weeks ago, because we agreed to test 250,000 employees in nursing homes because of the nursing home crisis in New York. That extended our turnaround time, but then we regrouped, and we're back to about 72 hours now. Okay, so is this because you have more people working, or you have different kinds of machines are you not sending things out? You've got them right on hand. I don't get why you are able to do them faster than very big companies. And I'm here. Yes, I am speaking about Quest and LabCorp. Well, there, let's be, there's multiple different factors that impact on turnaround time. So when you, when you get a specimen, it has to be transported to the lab. And then when it first gets to the lab, you have to isolate the virus and then you put it onto an analyzer. There are a huge number of factors that impact on your turnaround time. First off, uh, the analyzers all up and running, and they're running about 70 to 80% uh, efficiency right now. In addition, we have a supply chain issue. So some days, a lot of days, we have enough supplies, but some days we don't have enough supplies to run all of our capacity. And then there's the demand side. So we may be ready right now. We could do somewhere around 70,000, our capacity 70,000 PCR tests a day. But there are some days where we get more volume than we're able to accommodate. So all of those factors figure into what your turnaround time is going to be. What we've tried to do is make commitments to our partners, the people that we do business with, and we try and stick to those commitments and not trying to overextend ourselves. All right. So the only people who could possibly do this are you. Dr. Cohen, you must have the NFL contract. Yes. I can confirm for you for the first time, you know, broadcast. You do have have the NFL contract. Yes, we do. Holy cow. All right, how are you going to do it? Are you going to test every day? Are you going to test it? Uh, will you be at every training camp? I mean, this is huge because we're all worried that there's going to be no season because we felt they didn't have a tester. 
So I am not going to discuss the specifics of our relationship right now with the NFL. Um, I will confirm for you that we are the tester. We will be testing all 32 teams in 30 different cities around the country. Um, but they'll, you'll, you'll hear more to come in the next several weeks. So there's going to be a season. I'm not going to comment on what there will be. <laughs> we have I'm just going to tell you that we, that we won the you, contract. You know you're the, this is the first time we've not heard a peep. So we felt that because there's a bit of peep, there might not be a season. I know that we got the word that we can't go as fans. But the fact that bioreference is in there tells me that there is a legitimate chance there could be a season. You'd have to check with the NFL about that. All right, fair enough. I can't pin it, but I, the fact that you got that and you broke the news, I very much appreciate it. Now, can you explain to people the rapid versus the several days? Because I've been tested several times. One of my tests, I found the results in an hour. The next test, the PCR, I didn't get my results for 48 hours. Is the first one, the hourly, as um, definitive as the two-day? So the, uh, the one you're referring to is called a point-of-care test, and there's different types of point-of-care tests. Um, they are getting better. They started out at a reliability accuracy of about 80%. That's been climbing over the last several weeks. We are actually very encouraged that the point-of-care technology is getting better actually week-to-week, and that new technology will evolve. Um, so you can get a more accurate point-of-care test, which is what you're talking about, within an hour. And then, of course, there's the PCR test that we do in the lab, which takes several days. Okay, one last question. If the NFL is much bigger than the NBA in terms of the number of people, will you still be able to help the rest of the country if if you have to test so many different people in the NFL? So we have multiple different clients, I tell people. So we still serve our client base of physicians. We serve multiple different hospitals. We serve urgent care facilities. We serve nursing homes serve, as you probably know, a lot, a lot of different types of employers. Right. So we consider the, the sports franchises, uh, Major League Soccer, NBA, the NFL, they're very large employers. In addition, we have right. relationships with retailers, hospitality, manufacturing, and uh, food service companies. Um, the other, of course, which is coming fast and furious, is how is everybody going to deal with the university and colleges and actually this public school systems and the teachers? Well, look, congratulations on the NFL, uh, and congratulations to all the success you've had. And you try to get some sleep now and then. I, I have seen you around the clock, and I know you're working, and you are really good. Dr. John Cohen, Executive Chairman of Bioreference Labs, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. All right, Mad Money's back after the break. It is time for the lightning and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Dad? Have the lightning round question my left to start with Andrew in Ohio. Andrew, Jimmy, chill. Yo, I know you just took a nice vacation, man. But imagine that vacation in space. You've been historically hesitant on Virgin Galactic, but now that they've hired Cole Glazier as CEO, uh, they got big hopes of owning the space tourism industry and point-to-point hypersonic travel. You ready to get on board this rocket ship? Uh, look, I think that this is one of those great speculative stocks of all time. I mean, you're either going to get like 50 or you're going to get like 10. And I like those odds. Let's go to Rick in Illinois. Rick. Sir James of Cramerdom, how art thou? I am fine. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm living the dream, thanks. No, you can't like because that's my dream. You're in my all dream, right, well, man. Go ahead. It's like a Stephen King novel. Yes. Go ahead. 
at, well, you're, you're now a knight of the round table. And Sir James, I know you've got your cloud king and your cloud princess, and I'm hoping you can anoint Kingsoft Cloud Holdings into that group. Kingsoft is a Chinese company. Um, and uh, I don't really like a lot of the Chinese companies other than Alibaba. And I am being so diplomatic, I might as well be playing ping pong with, with Joe and Lai. Let's go to Megan in Florida. Megan. Hi, Jimmy, too. I know my dad's watching right now, so hi, Dad. But I was wondering if I should hold Fastly through their earnings in the first week of August. Yeah, I think Fastly's a really unbelievable company. Now, I wish it's not getting run so much. But we had, we had them on, and I was kind of blown away about how they're democratizing the Internet. I like that company very much. If I were the president of the United States, I'd reach out to them and say, how do we get this thing cooking? Let's go to Vincent in Georgia. Vincent. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. How you doing, buddy? Actually, I think my daughter's in town. Pretty good. How about you? Oh, you're doing great. I'm doing great, Jim. Well, you're talking to a novice beginning investor. Okay. And I and last week, I bought a, I bought a, um, a few shares of uh, U.S. Steel. X. Okay. And uh, I'd like to hear your feedback on that. And well, also, the, the Jim, problem, they uh, got that bad balance sheet, Vincent. They got that bad balance sheet, and there's no coming back from a bad balance sheet in this market. I'm not going to tell you to sell it because it's pretty. It's all the way down there. But we want to buy those high quality companies. I mean, I'm talking about buying a companies like the, uh, you know, the J and Js with the best balance sheet on earth. That that's where we start. We I mean, would just buy a few shares of that one. Uh, uh, that, that's the best way. Let's go to Josh in New York. Josh. Timbo. Yo. How's it going? Good so day. I'm calling about Anheuser Busch. I'm concerned about their growing pile of debt. So well, what's you your long-term be. prognosis? You know, we used to call those cement heads back in my day. No, you don't want Anheuser Busch. I mean, first of all, beer's kind of going out of style. You, you, you can own Boston beer. I know it's going to be a great quarter. Everybody likes. They all like the truly. They like the White Claw. I'm more concerned that that three three months from now, Constellation is going to be big. But no, we're not going to buy Bud. I had a flat course light yesterday. What do you think that was about? Let's go to Renate, Renato in Florida. Renato. Jimmy Chill. Yo. Sunny Florida. Booyah to ya. I like your spirit. What's going on? Uh, thanks so much for taking my call. I've been a long time follower since the days of Cudlow and Kramer. Holy cow. Let's cut that. Let's have a payroll tax cut. Don't worry about, <laughs> don't worry about Social Security or Medicare. Don't pay attention. There's nothing to see here. Go ahead. Okay, so um, I was looking for a speculative play, and I found this stock. I pulled the trigger. It's been below what I paid for the day I bought it. Do I ride out the storm or pull the plug on Zoom InfoTech? No, Zoom Info's good. I think you buy more of it. I think it's a really, really good company. I think I think you got horse sense. I want to go to Mike in Florida, please, Mike. Mr. Jim, how you doing? Pretty good. Thank you for asking. What's going on? Sir, I have a position on Shopify currently down 5%. Uh, yeah, I'm going yeah, on reporting yeah, yeah. next week. I don't know. Should I lose You're the only person or? on earth that is not up on Shopify at this very moment. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to not panic, and I want you to Shopify the, the second largest platform for business in this country. I like Shopify. They're also Canadian. Is there anybody who doesn't like I mean, I, love, I was going to go to meet them in April, but I couldn't because of this pandemic. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
Okay, look, I, look, I'd never seen kind of moves in these big cap stocks like the Amazons, the Microsofts, and the Apples. But something happened last week that I want to comment on because sometimes it's best to take a look at situations that no one's focused on. Are we finally seeing, for instance, some differentiation in the bank stocks with the good ones outperforming the bad ones? Well, not for the big banks. Even the strongest of the traditional banks are trading like the best houses in a bad neighborhood. But the non-traditional banks, hey, they are starting to pull away from that ETFs that dominate the sector. You know, that's kind of a gravitational pull by an ETF. Let's start with the majors, though, because they're big and they do matter. J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, and Bank of America all reported what I regard as excellent quarters given the environment. It didn't matter. Bizarrely, it was Wells Fargo the worst of the big banks that's trading the best right now. That stock has bottomed, I believe, after CEO Charlie Scharf cut the dividend and said nothing good whatsoever. He did an incredible job of what we call de-risking the stock. That's Wall Street speak for, I know, we are awful, but we can get better. If you have to own a bank, believe it or not, a large bank, Wells Fargo might be the one to go with as long as we get another round of stimulus from Congress that can prevent a more severe downturn. But the other banks that reported genuinely good numbers, nobody cared. I was blown away by the consistency of J.P. Morgan's business with some excellent trading and underwriting revenue. Jamie Dimon did an amazing job. Didn't matter. The company took a big charge for bad loans, $10 billion, and it totally derailed the upside. We saw the same thing from Citi and Bank of America, which said 7.9 and 5.1 billion, respectively. Those are big charges. While the dividends are intact, the regulators won't let them buy stock, which makes it much harder for them to attract new investors. Yet Wells Fargo slashes dividend from 51 cents to 10 cents and took a 9.5 billion dollar charge. What happens? Oh, after initially getting hired, the stock kind of found its footing. So let's uh, forget about the big money setters. Just take them off the table. They're large. I mean. Look, I'd rather have you own Tesla than any of them. But if you want to own a bank here, I much prefer the investment banks. The trading-oriented Goldman Sachs took only $1.6 billion in charges, and Morgan Stanley set aside just $239 million. Goldman's getting back to its core roots of not using its own capital to do anything with much risk. Morgan Stanley's left the banking fray for advising, and once this E-Trade deal closes, it will be an even less of a bank. At that point, I expect the stock to trade up to a much higher level. Again, not going to be Amazon or Microsoft or Ring Central or Zscale or whatever. But you can't have just nothing but those stocks. You can buy Morgan Stanley, which I expect to have a lower charges in the future. Should get a premium valuation, more like the lofty Charles Schwab than the Lloyd Money Center banks. Congrats to CEO James Gorman for all his efforts to move away from actual banking. All that said, you don't have to own any financials right now. I mean, they've gone out of style on the Wall Street Fashion Show. We know that because, let's say, United Health Group reported last week was equally concerned about the future, but its stock managed to rally, although it got hit really badly today. But that was part of the rotation out of health care and into the stay-at-home, work-at-home stocks. Same with J&J. If you're stuck with it, you made money. PepsiCo was a push. Got crushed today. Important to keep in mind, Coca-Cola reports tomorrow. My conclusion, you can start buying Morgan Stanley as it has transformed itself. Goldman Sachs may have one last charge, perhaps to clean up that Malaysian scandal, and then it too should be ready to roll. At at less than 10 times next year's earnings, I think Goldman could be a rocket ship, which is why we own it for the Charitable Trust, which you can follow all our moves before we make them by joining the ActionAlertsPlus.com club. Overall, though, the banks failed once again. They just couldn't make money for you. But the future for two of them is much better than the past, which is why Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley should be bought on any weakness, especially if we start hearing that Congress won't pass another stimulus and the money's going to go out of the traditional banks to these. The investment banks don't need no stinking stimulus. The big money centers, though, very different story. Stick with Craig. American Greed is back with new reporting and more greed. This is going to be really special. Tonight, 
It's where are they now in that Rick Singer's $25 million college admission scam with more parents like Lori Laughlin and Massimo Giannulli uh, pleading guilty. Could Singer have the most to gain? That would be shocking. Hey, those of us who know people are caught up in this thing, this is just an absolute must-watch. Even if you didn't, this college scandal is gigantic. I like to say there's always a market somewhere, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer, and I will see you tomorrow. I want people to feel like they just learned something. We have journalists in the far corners of the universe. I can't wait to get all of those resources under one hour-long newscast where we can deliver the facts of the day clearly and concisely in context and with perspective and tell people what's happening, what it all means. Get the truth, not the spin. The News with Shepard Smith. Subscribe to the podcast today.